All right, everyone. So we are here with Greta. Greta, I'm not going to attempt to uh, pronounce your second name in case I absolutely butcher it. So what I'll do is I'll let you take it away, say your name, give a little bit of an introduction about yourself, and then we'll go from there. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so yes, yeah, so my name is Greta, and my surname is Jamie Kita. Um, it's it is a difficulty for most people to pronounce <laughs> I'll take that off your shoulders. <laughs> so I'm a, uh, from athletics perspective, I'm a Paralympian, 1500 meter runner, a teacher team category. That's the category with athletes with the visual aim. But the best words, but, but the best worst vision, like I would like to say, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I work part time in AAB and I'm also studying, uh, doing my part time master's in sports psychology. Deadly. That is absolutely perfect. We've loads to go off on um, from there. So thank you very much. What we're going to just start off with and jump into is kind of your sport and background. Obviously, we know you for being a, a Paralympian and a middle distance runner. But kind of before you got into your running, was, was there any other sports you kind of grew up doing or has running always been, been in your life? To be honest, um, no, running really kind of became a part of my life when I was like 17. So I always say that I was a very late comer into the sport. Um, but beforehand, like I always been very active in the P classes. I loved uh, when I was growing up in Lithuania. I loved uh, all the P classes. I tried to do like be as active as I can after schools and all, all the sporting activities that we had. Running was never my thing, even though as a family, we were always very kind of sport driven. And I suppose, as I always like to joke around saying, since I'm a top part of the triplets, I feel like we always have that competitive spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like running that I found it, got a chance to translate my competitiveness into running, into, you know, competing against other people, into competing against myself and seeing what I can do. So I feel like it, very, it all tied up very nicely at the end. Definitely. And, you know, being like 17 years old, and especially nowadays for girls, that's kind of the age where girls start, and boys, but specifically in girls that we see, 17 is kind of the age where girls start dropping out of sports and start going off and socializing and, and going to partying and things like that. So <laughs> what was it for you at the age of 17 that actually got you into into running? That is a very good, um, I feel like you highlighted that very good. And yet there is, we, we definitely can see the girls dropping out. And I feel like, uh, I hope that we're talking about it more and more. So maybe it's going to be like, maybe less and less it's going to happen and that you can stay in the sport and maybe you don't need to be that intense. But as, more, as long as you can stay in the sport, that's, that's what matters the most. But for me, I guess you see, so I was in a, diff a bit different boat and I feel like, running in the way was running was kind of like i guess for me an opportunity to adapt to irish culture i'm not gonna lie because i came to ireland when i was 15 and only i started running like two years later like i kind of like joined Clown of harriers which i kind of you know and i feel like running that's really sport running like you surround yourself with people straight away that have the same goal to be better to enjoy enjoy being active enjoy running have the same passion so for me it's kind of like I don't know I just I feel like for me that was an opportunity to to kind of like you know meet new people be a be like I said be a part of the uh you know 
new culture, learn, you know, meet new people. So I feel like that's why for me, that's what I needed. And everything lined up so nicely that, you know, that that's what helped me, I guess, to to make new friends and and yeah. And, you know, and just learn more about Irish culture. So maybe in a sense, athletics was a way to kind of break the ice to become kind of, you know, yeah, like like you've mentioned, kind of get get into the Irish culture. So it wasn't the case of kind of throwing yourself into into a new school and things like that. Maybe athletics was a way to kind of break that ice to you know start speaking and making friends with with, with more you know people and Irish people. So kind of it was more of a, a smooth process in that sense instead of kind of you know like like what would happen with most people kind of just getting thrown into a new school and forced to make friends that way. Oh, well, I guess for me, like, yeah, like, well, it was kind of a few years later, obviously, when I kind of like started athletics and when I joined the club, um, I guess I was like very lucky to, you know, be in a school with my brother and sister. So we're, we're kind of like, and there was another few Lithuanian friends, so I'm kind of like, you know, had a little circle, but, but that's, it is, it's kind of forced you to get out of that. It's like, okay, brother, like, this is where you need to <laughs> This is a game to Ireland. So <laughs> and I guess, you know, so I feel like definitely that, that, that's definitely brought brought a lot into my life I'm not gonna lie and I feel like sport in general has that that I don't like maybe like this little aspect in it this little element that I always say it's so global and like it doesn't matter the background it doesn't matter from what country you are it doesn't matter um you know what language you speak like all these things doesn't matter like you meet the person and like like even you go into training camps and you know there's people that you don't meet, but then like you just say hi, hi with as many as little language as you have. <laughs> yeah. And here you are, twenty minutes later, still jogging together. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the sport. I feel like it's just non-spoken passion for it. Just makes like connects people. I always believed it, and and I think it's true, and it really it, it was a very good example in my situation. Definitely, and and what better club to kind of kick things off than with Clonliffe Harriers? Myself, I'm also a a Clonliffe Harriers athlete, so kind of want to get your your kind of uh, obviously we'll have maybe a little bit of bias here, kind of both being Clonliffe Harriers athletes. <laughs> I know. Kind of your your experience with with the club, obviously coming up 17 years of age, only being in Ireland for two years at the time. What was your experience once once you joined Clonliffe? Oh, I loved it. So I remember I came the first time and Joe Cooper, he was my first coach. And I come in, I was like, I did, he was like, hi. I was like, I remember till this day, I'm coming on Tuesday nights of knowing nobody, you know. Like at the center track, see Joe. Like somebody leads up to, it's like, oh, you need to go and talk to Joe, come to Joe. And I was like, but, um, I would like to join the club. And he's like, yeah, yeah, girls are leaving now. <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be great. Like, the girls were great. Everybody were great. But I remember, yeah, it was Tuesday. And I feel like we were just back. So we're, I think, like, we we're doing the first runs together. But, like, 40-minute run or something. And I remember, like, oh, geez. Like, it was was it was hard. And I was like, oh, all <laughs> the Like, even though it was, like, easier. But, you know, I wasn't fit. And then I was like... And then the girls were like, yeah, well, then you see me at it all the wrong So I feel like, yeah, so um, it was a good, like, I always thought, like, Joe was a very good um, step, like, as a coach, it was very good stepping stone for me. He, like, you know, to come and start from somewhere, because you always need to start from somewhere. Yep. And I think that he was he was perfect coach for that. Definitely, no, anyone, anyone that's ever 
anyone kind of in the running world, even within Ireland, will, will know Joe, and especially everyone from Clonliffe, kind of he'll he'll go down as as a club legend. So no one better to uh, to get you know your running career kicked off with than than with Joe. So uh, you really couldn't have asked for for a much a much better way to to get into the sport and get into running. So um, no that Joe and and the club as a whole, I must I assume kind of made the whole experience a little bit easier. Yeah, I think look that that is like that's where my sport like that's where my getting to know people and you know getting to running like that's where it all started like Jesus like you know I remember like you know with the girls that I would train I would be like so at the back like, <laughs> I was like oh my god it's like I remember it's like I'm doing those sessions and I was like God I used to have such a long way to go. <laughs> So I was like, of course, like like I say, you have to have you have to start somewhere, have to start learning about the sport, uh, some you know somewhere, and I guess Clonmel Harriers was the was was the club. Exactly, and kind of it's I suppose looking back now, at, you know, get, going to two Olympics, becoming you know European champion back in twenty eighteen, which we'll get into. But looking back now, is there kind of any moment where you saw a shift in your in your training, or you took it, you know, you you took the sport by the grip in the neck and kind of forced that shift in your training and and win the results you saw or the results you wanted, and kind of really you know full on went into the sport, or did it kind of just come a little bit naturally, um, and and your talent began to show you see i never count myself as a talented athlete because i don't think that i am <laughs> i think that they were agree i'm not the most talented coach but i am believer in hard work i always been and i like i i believe that if you put in the work if you're you know you obviously you need to have you know that like physical you know you need to have in sport like you can't get away with a bit of like you know, physical capabilities yeah. of running and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But um, I like I always joke around and say that Lithuanians are not the runners. Because, <laughs> you know, like we're more of like high jumpers or basketball. So here I am launching myself into running. <laughs> but um, I, I always so yeah. So I feel like I just believe like that if I put in the work, like bit by bit I would get better and like it's always been my belief in athletics or in whatever I do so I just kind of put in the work I was with Conifarius for a few years when I started and then after that I kind of I started studying in DCU and that's where I kind of joined DCU team and I feel like that's you know like I always say like you're learning you're progressing bit by bit so I, I guess I, my progression was uh, you know joining DCU team and then training with them more and I guess then you're kind of like bit by bit you're kind of like you know you're running and then you can see a bit of results and and then you, you just go step by step and just see you know how, how things evolve I feel like that's how it was for me it was like you always get those kind of like we all you know when we start running we have those kind of like big PBs because we have you know such a big gap to, you know such a big gap that you need to like um, reach, uh, but um, but then I guess then you know you're kind of like bit by bit, you know the PB stops and <laughs> <laughs> you kind of plateau a bit then. Yeah, and this is over. And <laughs> <laughs> you still like start and you still continue training and and you know you're still hoping for those PBs, uh, even if they're smaller ones. So I guess for me it was really natural. It was for me, you know, from Cardiff to DCU, you know, new people again, new athletes and perspective, 
then you learn even more. So I guess, yeah, I feel like it was very like, you know, gradual. And then you're kind of like build the people, circle people, circle of people around you, which, you know, teaches even more than like, oh, what opportunities, where could you raise, you know, and what athletes could you become? So I feel like that was for me kind of very um, gradual and still is. Definitely. And yeah, like, uh, as you, you mentioned, you only started running when you were 17. So in, in terms of, you know, how long people run for, there's definitely still, would you say, time there for you even to improve your running even even further? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I hope, like, yes, I, I hope so. Like, you know, like, I can run marathons. <laughs> Although marathons probably not for me, but sure. Like, uh, I do. I think so. Like, I, I still... Like, I, I made like, you know, maybe I'm not going to be like, you see, to be honest, like, I, you know, like, some people, like, there is certain times that maybe I would like to run, but to be honest, in my head, it's more like when I retire, I always kind of think that I would like to, like, my goal is to know that I did everything what I could to be the best as I can be and uh, to have no regrets towards my sport yeah. and what I did. So I guess that is always been my kind of focus and whatever that's going to bring me you know by the time when I retire decide to retire like that that that's it you know um so I think like always kind of look from that perspective definitely so then hopefully some some more gold medals and to bring home to Ireland between between now and the time you retire yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, no, and you, you kind of touched on this at the start. Um, obviously, I've, I've I've spoken to Olympians before on the podcast, but Paralympian is 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 the kind of person that I haven't spoken to before. Um, mm. and you know when, <clears throat> like I'm I'm kind of like I'm big big into running. So like for like the Olympics, I stayed up and watched every single race, and then for the Paralympics, I stay up and watch all the races. But the one thing that I'm not too, you know, you know informed about i suppose is kind of the different category so you mentioned your oh, yeah. t13 and um, which which you put into terms as you're the best of your you kind of have the 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 uh the disability at, at the worst case i suppose but then yeah. kind of looking at your races as well there's also some athletes running with guides um, yeah. and obviously you you don't have a guide so kind of how how do how do the different um categories work and how does your one work specifically how do you i suppose qualify for your category Oh, that's a very good question. I like it. So I feel like with the Paralympic sport, it is very complicated. It's still still so many, like, I don't know all categories. Or all, like, <laughs> I don't know what it's myself. Because, like, it just, it's it's different, you know, just different to each. It can be a bit different to each event. And uh, I suppose, like, you know, with Parasport, it's kind of a beauty and a curse, as I say, because everybody's different and it's cool that you kind of have the inclusion but from different perspective it's very hard to classify everybody evenly because everybody is so unique yeah. um i guess when we, but obviously when we come to visual impairment it's a bit more straightforward so uh, for, there's three classes in athletics so there is uh when you're completely blind so that is t11 where you um where, you, where, the, where the athlete can't see anything, so he has a guide, so it means that he has to train with the guide, run with the guide, and, you know, that's, that's everything is said by that. Yeah. Then there's T12. So T12 um, is an athlete that has, let's say, a bit, a bit more vision, um, and technically he can choose 
between running with the guide and running without the guide in a certain situations. Um, which, you know, I have my own opinion on that <laughs> As a foreign girl, I do have my own. But, um, but yeah, so the, like the, the athlete has, you know, he can run without the guide, he can run without the guide, with the guide, majority would run. No, I could say, I couldn't say majority. Actually, it's up to the, up to the athlete and yeah. the way the athlete sees because for some athletes so during the day it's you know if they're sunny it's harder for them to see you know the color yeah. the track the lines differences as you know as for some you know or in the evening time they would be absolutely fine or either way around and then it's t routine which is my category where i was like i have the best worst vision <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that means that i could i I'm not allowed to have a guide. I, I run without a guide. I train without a guide. I I can compete uh, in the able-bodied races, which I do. Like that's why I'm kind of I'm kind of like I find myself sometimes as a hybrid athlete because when like I'm competing against able-bodied, I don't count myself as Paralympian. Yeah. I'm not a not Paralympian, and then when I compete in the Paralympic events, I am a Paralympian. Um. So <laughs> basically, uh. So yeah. So that's that's the differences. And that's actually something that I, I, I wanted to touch on was because when I'm looking at, obviously, your races on on the Olympic stage and European stage, you are in your categories in terms of T13. And I suppose in, in that sense, you are a Paralympian. But then when you come to, to national races, um, it's it's you're, you're racing against fully able body athletes. Um, so kind of do, do you feel, I don't know, do you feel kind of more... Accomplish, I suppose, running against these these fully able body athletes, and then kind of does does that give you then a little bit more confidence when you when you're going into races, just say like the the Europeans or the Paralympics, or do you just kind of see yourself then as a, just as a fully hybrid athlete where you kind of just race whatever races in front of you? Oh yeah, no, like to be honest, I never, I never, like I when I stand at the start line, I'm like I'm not saying oh like I'm gratitude because I'm a Paralympian, like I don't really do that. I was like I'm just like I'm greater like as any other athlete on that start line and running my best race like that's that's who I am that's all but well to be honest I'm I am like that <laughs> the Paralympics as well. <laughs> I'm just like greater standing on the start line and you know running the race so I don't really I don't know I don't really distinguish I love being able to run with able bodies and I'm very grateful that I can because you know not I don't not I, every athlete can uh, you know, if you have a guy that makes it slightly difficult for you yeah. to be enabled by the race, and you might not be allowed to do that, as I am, and uh, I, I just find it um, like I just being like lucky because you know I can compete, I can strive for improving even more, like, and then I can, you know, like see where the other athletes at and you know and just try to beat them and all that kind of stuff to know so like i i count myself very lucky because there's for me there will never be the end of improvement like i always say oh well i can improve as an athlete but like i always say like even though if i'm gonna be like we have some actually like incredible like teacher teen athletes now that run some amazing times and even the the world record still like i don't know when it's gonna be broken because our world record is like 404 which you know could have been like this is easier at some point in the olympics would have been a pretty nice time yeah and you know even now like these days 
but that's what I mean. So it's kind of, it's nice. I like to be like, put myself in that situation and I, that I can put myself in that situation. And, you know, you always need to compete against better than you are. You know, that's how you develop and become better at it. No, 100%. And I, I, I know this is something that Jason Smith has touched on before. Like, obviously, Jason Smith is the the best, you know, Paralympian sprinter ever. Um, and he, obviously, it, it's great. He's a, he's an Irish athlete as well. But he, yeah. he's kind of, he's so good that he's kind of talking about, like, him getting the opportunity to run in the Olympics instead of the Paralympics. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this, you know, translates to you directly. But, you know, you're you're training with, with you know, Phelan's group, with Nadia Power. And you're racing here in Ireland with you know the best in the country getting to get into national finals so would that ever be a possibility for you whether on the world stage olympic stage or even on the european stage uh sorry the question in, is- in terms of in terms of you you know racing on the european stage or on the olympic stage with able body athletes instead of you know as, as a as a paralympian i suppose well, you see, I don't know. You see, like, I don't know if I could, if I ever be good enough for that. <laughs> if, I'm very, if I'm very honest, like, I love Jason and like he's great for great body. Jesus, I love him on the camp and everything, and he is a great example to have. And like that, he was such a talented. He was one of the best sprinters in Ireland. You know, like he's third now. I think in his time, he got beaten by, uh, you know, with the with the record, you know, with the times that he had, but. Um, but like, it's great to have him as an example and, you know, to kind of like something to strive for. Like I, 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 you see the way I always look at it, just, you know, just to go step by step and run as fast as you can and, you know, year by year and like where it will, and we'll see what it will bring me. Like, I, I don't know if I'll be able to ever bridge that gap because it just like, because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm, well, I have to be honest, like I haven't been in sport long enough. And another thing is that I, um, and just, we can see how quickly every year, the times like do go quicker and quicker and quicker, True, yeah. you know what I mean? So, but I, I'm not really worried about that. To be <laughs> honest. I'm, I'm just training away, enjoying the training. I'm do you know, racing as a Paralympian. Uh, which I am, and then I'm just, you know, running with able bodies as well, so I'll <laughs> see what it's going to bring me. Definitely, no, that's a, that's definitely the a deadly attitude and the deadly mindset to have looking looking towards it in the sense of, like, just keep plucking away at the training and kind of whatever happens, happens. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, so now, like, as we've mentioned uh, so far, you've, you've, you know, you're, you're a Paralympian, you're a European gold medalist, but what I want to do is kind of bring us back to, to that first Irish vest, and um, that, that first time you got to, you got to put that, that Irish vest on, obviously, um, coming, coming from uh, Lithuania, um, and then putting that Irish vest on for the first time, what was that like? Um... I was like, yeah, like I remember being like, it was like, I was so grateful because like, I don't know, you know, just to be there, like it just, the amount of support, like, like people surround me in general, Irish people, like it was just so much like, and it still continues, but for that first time is that like so much support. Like I felt really proud and I feel like for me, like it was kind of like, to kind of make that for me was kind of in a way to say like you know to 
because it is like you trained, you know, you got there, you know, for me to kind of do my best to perform, to leave everything at the track. Like for me, it was kind of in the way to say kind of like thank you to people who were like supporting me. Yeah. <laughs> who got, like that I got there because it's always like you, it's your job to do, you know, to do the training and to get there. But there, we can't forget the people that are around you. And I, for me, I was just so grateful and like to Ireland as well that, you know, they're kind of like, you know, like, oh, Greta represent Ireland. Because like, because for me, it's like, kinda, I'm kind of like very straightforward person. I was like, well, who I have to represent? Like, why would I represent Ireland? You know? Yeah. And obviously we see people like doing it across the world and athletes, you know, um, you know, doing it. But for me, it was for me it, it was personal and I was like I, I felt gratitude and you know I, I was grateful to people and the you know I was very proud to wear that vest and and you know and I was like gotta get better around it that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no I think I think it was uh, lovely in the way you kind of put it there it was like a, it was nearly like a thank you the, the first time you put put the Irish vest on in the sense there I was like thanking you know the the Irish people in general and Irish people in the sports of athletics for kind of you know taking you in and and kind of treating you treating you as one of their own yeah, no, no, exactly. And like, it is like, it is like treating you like your own and like, you know, and that, you know, you're like, yeah, we want you to represent Ireland. Do you know what I mean? We were yeah. like, you're like, as maybe cruel or whatever that sounds like, you know, you're good. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you're good. Because like, I want you to represent, you know, what yeah, I mean? that's yeah. for me. And because like I was, you know, I came to Ireland you know, it's not like I was born. I came when I was 15. You know, I, I then I started running bit by bit. You know, like I still, you know, I feel like I, it was like, I don't know, one day at first time I represented that when I was 21. So like I still like now, you know, when I think about it, like I was still so new into sport. And for me still, like everything was so new. So like that's why I, you know, like for me it was it was a big thing. And that you know that first race or that first experience, how did how did getting your first Irish fest come about? Um, do you mean uh, do you mean in Rio? Or was Rio your your first Irish fest? Oh no, European champion just my oh. my was my first. Oh, and was that in twenty sixteen? Yeah, that was twenty sixteen. That was a warm up before Rio. Yeah, it was in the European Champions in Grosseto. Oh, and that's where you you picked up the the bronze medal. Yeah. So your first Irish vest, and you pick up a bronze medal. That must have been, you know, a, a surreal experience. I feel like that year was just really like you know, it was one of those like good athletics years. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, so for me, because we all have you know those kind of happen. Then like one year you're flying, other year like Jesus, you're like. You know, like it's not as as well as you wanted to go. Yeah. But I feel like yeah, that one that year was like I I feel like it was like I was like, you know, like yeah, it was it was like it was, yeah, I like I was I was happy, but you see, like, as not to be ungrateful or anything, but then like it was a bigger picture. Rio was always a bigger picture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Rio was like making like every four years like this was always my goal like you know Rio so like I was so proud at Europeans but like Rio was like that was a different ball game 
do you do you feel like maybe if Rio and was in a different year compared to your 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 first Europeans where you picked up the bronze, maybe that bronze medal might have sat a little bit nicer. Um, compared then when when you got the bronze medal in the same year as as the Rio Olympics, it maybe you didn't have the time to to kind of let it set in as much. You had to you know reshift your focus then on onto Rio, which like you said is kind of the bigger picture. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, for me, you know, it was kind of like I went to European Championships. Okay, like, Greta, this is your time to learn how the major championships work. Because I had to prepare myself for real. Like, that was... So, for me, I took it as, like, well, obviously, I do, like, I I do value, you know, what I did at European Championships and all that kind of stuff. But I... For me, it was kind of like, okay, Greta, like, you're kind of, okay, you need to just see how it all works. Because... When you're going to be in Rio, that's, you know, that's going to be even more nerve, like more nerves, more, yep. more pressure. Like, so like I treated like European championships as a warm up for the, like as bad as it <laughs> but back then, but you need to look like at the major championships, not only like as a major championship, but again, as something that you can take out of it, you know, the experience, like I never experienced like call rooms, you know, major championships, yeah. like, you know, going to like different stages um you know like tape you know tapering before when you're at, at the you know at the at, in the place at the major championship in the country you know all those little things like that's what counts for your performance so if you replicate that and if that works well well you shouldn't test that at the major <laughs> <laughs> but like it is like you can't say learning so then and then like okay and then you're like okay so now you're in rio that is completely different like you know the heat the the atmosphere like that is a new level so like whatever i brought from european championships you know in the way helped me in rio so i look at it that way definitely and obviously you know the european championships can only do so much for you once you get to rio and get to the olympics it's a it's a i suppose it's a completely different ball game whatsoever i suppose you know when especially for your first olympics what was what was that kind of just walk us through that entire experience because i'm sure the, the european championships can only help you so much before the olympics becomes its own big thing and it's like hold on a second this is crazy yeah like i like it was like it is like it's different in terms of like i will never forget the atmosphere because that was like london like world championships atmosphere was amazing as well but i remember like jesus when we when i entered that final in rio like the atmosphere the amount of people were there like and you can feel it like you can feel like those people there i always joke like you know we're at least for like um you know we're like a gladiators like fighting for that spot (laughs) you know but like for me like i just kind of like you know i i will never forget like standing when you get get out of like the call room and you're just i remember looking up and i was like the old book can see just like all those people and you can hear like it was something like that. Yeah, we'll never. I kind of always said, Jesus, like how? And then you're like, how can you, you know, like how was that it? You know, yeah. like how was that that experience? And then, um, you know, yeah. And then like, just kind of like, I don't know, just being there. And then you're like, okay, people don't matter. Like you just have to. And another thing is like always like, you know, you kind of like 
And then when think about that, all those people are there to kind of watch your race with now. You, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, which was like for me, it was as a new new athlete, you know, for me it's like dream. Uh, but obviously, just need to concentrate and then actually run and and you know and do your best as, as best as you can. And yeah, like that was for me. It was like oh, it was like I remember after crossing the finish line, I was absolutely like shaking. I was like barely walking. <laughs> like I, I remember going through the media and and media girl was like to us like like are you okay? Were you able to talk? <laughs> I remember myself. I was like oh my god because like you're kind of okay. But then when you cross that finish line, everything, like, what you felt, all the, like, race, tiredness, like, whatever just hit Hits you at yeah. once. And I was like, yeah, I, I, it was just some, I remember it's like, and then even after that race, I remember then we were, like, uh, was RT interviews and then like, even media side girl was like to me, are you recovered? Are you okay to do this? <laughs> I was like, was I'm that bad? And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> and you were like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so that was my real experience. But no, to be honest, it was amazing. And then uh, Tokyo has had its own, you know, bits that you learn from and its own experience as well. Exactly, and, and, and that's kind of exactly what I, I want to touch on now, was like, obviously, Tokyo, um, for it doesn't matter if Tokyo is your first or second or third Olympics, that is an, uh, as an event is going to be, you know, completely different than anything you'll, you'll probably ever do throughout your career, no matter, you know, who you are, because just obviously under the circumstances that, that Tokyo was, was under in terms of COVID-19, so comparing Tokyo to Rio I know you mentioned there about the atmosphere in Rio was was something that really stood out to you but not having that in Tokyo did it nearly make it a completely different experience to be honest um really because like I'm a different athlete now when I was in Rio like I was so new so there was obviously different experiences and then like I did now a couple of major championships so now you kind of like you kind of like, I couldn't say that your mind shifts, but then you're like, you recognize different, like different experience and you, you recognize different aspects of the race anymore. So like I would, like if there it would have been like, I would like, and we, we all that, that want that atmosphere. We want, we always want that people because like as an artist, we love it. It brings it on. Like, you know, it gets that a bit, like a bit of that fire, you know, in us because like, yeah. it's like we're there to kind of, and people are there to watch, so we absolutely love it. But then in Tokyo, I guess because we're kind of like we knew that there's not going to be any people. Like it was just so clear. So and because then we had some races beforehand, and people did races where there's like nobody. Like I don't know if you pro- you probably watching all those first COVID races where yeah. like it's like a time trial. Basically, nobody's there. Like as little people. <laughs> our nationals as well were like you know you come in you race and you're out so like because so you know we're kind of did that so I knew that like that's gonna be the case and like I never so I never kind of like oh like it was pity that people weren't there but we knew where we're yeah. going and we knew that like okay this is like we're, we're not gonna get to enjoy the atmosphere we're just going there for the, for the race <laughs> and then home you know? yeah so um so yeah, that was it. But then I were I been like I completely different art. It was five years since Rio and then, you know, Tokyo, like five years that is um, you know, a lot of time, you know, to develop as an athlete and 
I went with different kind of minds. Well, not not the same mindset, but you know, a different kind of athlete, different. You know, more had a bit more experience, had a bit more confidence. You know, like things to do. And then uh, I guess we, as a field of athletes, we improved. We all improved. Like the para sports improving so quickly, like jumping times and everything. So, which is amazing to see, and I and I absolutely love it. So and the race get more races get more interesting and more competitive and you're like oh my god what's gonna happen <laughs> you know that's what we like yeah at, you know sport is show for people to watch so it was it was kind of you know from that aspect I really enjoyed from racing aspect uh, and being as a bit more experienced athlete I really enjoyed Tokyo as well. And then kind of your preparation for Tokyo, because I know, you know, athletes coming up to to a big race like the Olympics, they they want to peak for that time and then they want to, you know, taper leading up to the race. So how did that, you know, postponement of a year um, of, of the Olympics kind of affect your training or, you know, did, did you put that you know, did, did you put that, you know, fitness that you had into into some other races or time trials um, that you gained for the Olympics that were meant to happen in 2020? Yeah, we're like, I think we're just like, okay, we're just going to like, yeah, they're not going to happen. I remember being at the training session and uh, I think we, I, we did like a did K's or something. And then I think I was like, I was like, Taylor was like, yeah, well, the game's not happening. I, I kind of got that. The yeah, game's not happening. I was like, I was like, it's fine. Like, I was like, it's what make you, it's like your choice what you want to make out of it. So I was like, okay, this is like my, because it was just the time year when I kind of, it was the first year when I joined Dublin Track Club. So my God, my, for me, it was a blessing in the sky. It's like, I loved that year because for me it was an opportunity to learn, sorry, to adapt to new training. Yeah. You know, to do a bit more miles, to kind of, you know, join the gang and like all, you know, (laughs) training. And I was like, so for me, like, I don't know, people were like, oh my God, this is so disappointing. Yeah, it sucks. We all in the same boat. But like, for me personally, like, this is great. So I took it as an opportunity to, you know, to, to, just to experiment, to do, you know, to do new, to learn how to, you know, to do new sessions, you know, more volume and all these kind of bits and bobs. So for me, it worked out well. Definitely. And kind of the athlete that went into the Tokyo Olympics in the year of 2021 compared to the athlete that was going to go into the Tokyo Olympics in 2022 in 2020 were they two completely different athletes do you feel that year um you know postponement worked in your favor in terms of you 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 developed uh, as as an athlete overall and kind of went into the olympics a little bit fitter a little bit stronger than you would have if the if the olympics happened in 2020 i think so i feel like in the way yeah i was i was more confident because i i feel like yeah i had you know a bit more uh yeah, we're gonna go back to miles. <laughs> a bit more miles in me. Uh, ran a bit more miles, and you know, I knew that my my body was able to handle it. So kind of like, you know, I felt I felt a bit stronger, and then I suppose that gave me, uh, I guess, for me to kind of, you know, to to you know, as a coach, like Phelan was my, you know, he I just started working with Phelan, so that gave me time to kind of like you know, build a relationship with, you know, with new coach, which is, you know, all these things are important. So like that, that's like, so I feel like, yeah, I feel that I can strongly say that like 
you know, the year, like extra year benefit me definitely in the in a positive way. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I know, like, uh, I've seen you had a post on Instagram as well that maybe the the, the experiences in terms of the race didn't go, go, go as, as well as you wanted or planned. But I suppose there, there was a lot more in, in hindsight that, that you took from, from the entire experience, just, just, you know, not just the race result. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I wasn't particularly happy with my performance <laughs> in Tokyo. I wasn't at all. I was like, but yeah, I definitely learned. I, was like, I learned like uh, to never, ever run bridge the last <laughs> and remember that you have something you have at the end. So I definitely learned that lesson really well. Um, <laughs> but no, I definitely did talk took like especially from the like racing i feel like um you know racing tactics we did i had to think about i was like okay which one the best and like like 90 percent of what we planned to do uh the plan was set for the championships worked out well i just had to like be a bit more patient and i wasn't i was like i feel like enduring the race like last lap i just got so excited i, was like, hey, <laughs> I still remember that being like, oh my god brother you've never been dirt like you're just time to go <laughs> like, which in my head i should have agreed i you need to wait another hundred meters then go <laughs> so i think but like again that's kind of like me you know learning to be more patient you know yeah. what i mean and, and play the game a bit smarter um, but I guess like every major championships teaches you something. If you take away, like I always say, like if you like reflect on it and then do something about it, not just reflect on it and it's like, oh, I learned from it. Like, no, it's like if you reflect on it and then do something about it, then you can learn and then you can kind of like bring it to all major championships. But, you know, every major championship is different. Things can, you know, happen but, you know, I definitely learned to kind of like just probably be a bit more um, in control of my, I guess, like emotions during the races or like even, you know, nerves before races and like all these kind of little things that are very important. And um, so, yeah, I feel like there's always a learning from sorts. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and like you said, there it is. It's it's very easy to sit here and say I learned this and I learned that from this from from a specific race. But it is then about going and putting that into into practice and really, you know, making them changes that you need to make for for the next big championships and kind of putting employing you know them them things that you did learn into your training to to make yourself a better athlete. When once you know the the time comes where you need to you need to you know race again, whether that's in in Olympic or a world championship or a uh, or a European championship and kind of that's that's what I want to lead into next for you know talking about obviously your your European gold in 2018 what was it about that day that kind of everything fell into place and um, because I know you're mentioning there that kind of you need to maybe not get too excited and and, and kind of get too far up the up the pack and hit the front but you know from watching that race in 2018 it, 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 I don't think it's too crazy to say that it was a comfortable enough win in terms of the last lap, especially you know finishing the race in, in four twenty nine. So what was it about that race in twenty eighteen in Berlin that allowed you to to get over the line in first place? Oh yeah, like I knew what I had to do. I just had to like go for it because I knew like the, I couldn't. I'm not in a situation to let like people um, 
you know, to let for the people to for the I can't allow the last lap to be fast because I'm not fast enough. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like yeah. like I can't. I'm I'm not that type of athlete. So I need like we were the the plan was very set and that was the only way to do it. There was no other way. Um so um so yeah that's 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 again like that's putting it into practice and then doing it um doing it again um you know and kind of like putting yourself in these situations i guess like you know what works for you as an athlete and you know obviously different races can you know fold out in a bit different way but i guess yeah i still kind of i'm learning to kind of be more um you know a bit more um i don't know what the word but you know yeah let's call it not no couldn't call it selfish but like more like you know just doing what you need to do as an athlete in yeah. order to you know to get the best the best results for yourself 100% and, and kind of you know lean in from that um you, you, you told me that you're you're a big advocate for for gym work and that's something that I've began to to employ into my training um after my injury is is, is gym work so kind of talk us through that a, a little bit um you know how was how has that worked for you and kind of what would what would a typical gym session look like for for a distance runner because I know there's there's a lot of stigma around you know going to the gym for you know training like a bodybuilder compared to going to the gym to, to train like an athlete so kind of why why is the gym such a big part of your training and kind of what would a, a typical gym session look like for you well you see you touch on very like dangerous stuff because I, when it comes to gym i can talk a lot <laughs> <laughs> because i have a lot like it's not because i have a lot to say but yeah. it's because i really believe in it like i truly believe uh, that gym makes us uh, stronger. Like it makes our body stronger, and like, and like we want to be able, we want to be strong in order to hold to be to be to be injury free. Like the injuries happen, you know, they're gonna happen regardless at some point. But as much as we can to prevent it from yeah. happening, because the stronger we are, the worse chance we're gonna get injured. The less the we will tolerate training much better, you know. And that's the two major things that we want because if we can't if we're injured then it means we can't train and if we can't tolerate the training it, it means that we can't improve yeah so like these are the most like two major aspects and then we can come into like you know all the little things that gyms like this is the general things and then we're talking about explosivity power and all these little things that can help us that the last hundred meters you know or or, you know, the things like, you know, we do hills and all the kind of stuff or like, you know, lifting heavy, like the strength work yeah. and all these kind of bits and bobs. So they're all contribute, I feel like, massively to like become a better athlete. And like, I believe that like, like obviously depends. Every person body is different. Everybody has their own niggles. But like, I think that the reason why I can tolerate high mileage is because I had a very, because like we did gym work prior to like when I started doing like long you know high mileage and I feel the reason why I can do it is because I did the gym work and because my body is strong enough to tolerate it you know the calves and everything and you know and like whatever like and another thing is like first thing that people say oh I remember even that like saying like uh, from the girls and from the guys and the past, oh, I'm gonna get massive. Like, I was like, oh, like, how long do you think to go? Do you think that if you're gonna go to the gym and you're gonna, you're gonna get massive so quickly? <laughs> yeah. <things doesn't> work <laughs> that way. 
like it's not and especially when you're a runner like your body will very nicely lean itself like yeah. you're not because you're it's not like you're just there like lifting massive weights like you're running and you're only probably going to the gym like once or twice a week so you're definitely not gonna get you like you're not gonna get massive in any way like yeah. unless you're gonna stop running and you start eating and drinking protein <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no it's like it won't like it it thinks like does it's not that easy like yeah. how you think it is to yeah. get big muscles and you think and um and then, geez, there was another aspect that I wanted, <laughs> but I forgot. <laughs> um, but no, I think I honestly think that like um, gym is it's very very important, and like you know you kind of like, but you need to have like variety in it. So like I, uh, you know, doing the the plyo work, you you know, doing the little like you know box jumps as like a lot of people like single leg you know double leg you're doing like like leg endurance circuits like you know where you kind of do like three four like four exercise in a row and it's like body basically body weight you're just like doing um you're doing lunge switches you you encounter movement jumps you're doing uh box switches all these kind of little things and you don't even need to feel the like to have the weight like when i do that endurance circuit like jesus like it's actually like it's such a hit your legs and like and i was like okay that's how at the end of the race feels yeah so like you know what i mean like you gym like we we like we need to we we always associate it with like you know massive weight and yes yeah. like you know we do lift heavy and we kind of need in a, in the winter time like i do lift heavy and it's good to lift heavy because it's the strength developing and all the kind of stuff but there's little things as an athlete that we do a part of lifting weights and like you just you just need to like simple as that you need to make your body strong to be able to handle the training and then those little things like cleans you know power cleans or like snatches that gives you that extra power and then we go to like pogos or like different plyometric work that makes your leg you know that like we're talking about you know when we're hitting the ground like it's our power hitting the ground so we need to be able for our single leg for each leg to be able to hit the ground be strong enough to you know to be continuously hitting the ground as a force as we do so that's why we do you know all the plyometric work and everything and then we will come back we'll come back to core and then you know having a, a strong core you know when we talk about like movements when we run and all the kind of stuff and then we, you know it's never ending never yeah to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know every body part is important to be strong we can't just like i remember just seeing like hearing in the past like oh no no i'm not doing my legs in the gym i'm only doing my upper body i'm like jesus christ no <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah i that's why like i am i am a huge believer and like i i feel like that's why because it helps me i feel that because that's what helps me tolerate the training i feel that's why i'm kind of like so passionate about it i'm like guys like gym is so important Definitely. No, and, and that point you touched on about kind of people thinking, like when I was in the gym, everyone knows me that I do running, and they're, they're kind of like, oh, you're not going to get too big for, for running. Like, it, like if I'm going to the gym twice a week, like do they think it's just going to like 
be magic and automatically I'll just switch into some big massive bodybuilder while I'm running at the same time and I just had to be like it just does not work that way do you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's literally just to kind of build up that that base like you mentioned for strength for kind of having that bit of a kick at the end of the race or to carry you through the long mileage it's not going to be case where I go to the gym once and I walk out as a big massive bodybuilder do you know what I mean no yeah I do and I was like I like it just it's not it just it's not you don't want to it's it's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen i'm no. sorry guys. <laughs> sorry i would like to apologize i will disappoint you i'm not gonna as well you're not gonna become a bodybuilder well i know i know that everybody has a different body structure everybody like you know from from the man's perspective like everybody is different but that doesn't matter doesn't mean that you shouldn't do gym like yeah. that's not the answer like just alternate do some let you know do less like press do bench press do less of a weight for a bench press you know like do some pull-ups instead you know if you feel like it really gives you that much you know uh, that much you know muscle mass but like i don't and then when you think about it like what well like then we're it's very difficult conversation because then we go into like body shapes as an athlete and what like what does it mean if you're slightly bigger is that going to make you a worse athlete but maybe like in the long run you're actually going to run quicker and yeah. like and be you know what i mean so there's a whole there's then stereotypes about like body types which i don't know <laughs> maybe we should leave it for next time <laughs> <laughs> but uh no definitely and kind of like uh for you in terms of uh, in terms of gym would 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 you i know you're mentioning polar metrics but like would you kind of also do do some of the the basic leg workouts as well like like squatting and leg extensions and hamstring curls and calf raise and things like that or would yours be mainly you know targeted towards a more athletic uh, approach to it or would you kind of have more variety i variety i have a like very good gym uh, coach would actually like he knows me really well and like he like I'm the kind of artist I love to lift heavy like I love it like when it comes to winter training I love lifting like trap bar is my like <laughs> is my favorite like I said goal for myself but he knows me that's what motivates yeah. me as an athlete I love it it benefits me as a as a runner I feel like you know I always like like to relate like trap bar as like doing here like like hill session so for me it's kind of the same you know working yeah. the you know the quads and all kind of stuff but like um yeah so i feel like i have a bit of both because like i the variety like you do then you do like straight leg bridges you do for your hamstrings you know you do you do back squats you do you know you do on tuesdays for example and then on thursdays you do like trap bar and then when it comes to outdoors like you know then like you do some pull like not outdoors but then outdoors would be cleans and then through the year there would be pull-ups like um then there would be like um you know some other upper body exercise i always have one upper body exercise or two upper body exercises in one session and then, do you know, like all these kinds? So I feel like variety is important, like, you know, to trigger to trigger different, um, you know, different body parts. I guess, like, you know, the, the upper body, the the legs, and all of that. Definitely, and no, because on on the topic of upper body, because you know, over the course of my injury, the gym is something that I got into specifically upper body because you know my legs were injured, so I wasn't able to to do mm. legs as much. Like in what what would your kind of upper body, um 
workouts be be like, I suppose, or kind of the exercises, upper body exercises that you would implement into your gym work? I know you mentioned kind of like if you want to do some light bench pressing or, or, or kind of upper or pull-ups and things like that and, um, you know, work away and do them. So kind of for your upper body in terms of the gym, what would that kind of look for, like for you? Yeah, so I would do bench press. I would do that. Like, I don't think that you should be afraid of the weight that much because, you know what I mean? Like, you need to do, like, everything in a smart way, but, like, you shouldn't because at the same time, you you do need to work the muscles, you know what I yeah. mean? So you need to find that balance. Yeah. <laughs> Not to do it with the 5 kg dumbbells. <laughs> but, like, you know. But, yeah, but I, like, so bench press, or you could do it even on a twist, ball which kind of gives you for your a bit work up for a bit of your hips as well and then like yeah i'm pull-ups i love pull-ups like pull-ups would be definitely i feel like it's a great exercise it's a challenging one but when you get it when when it comes obviously it takes time to get it but when you get it i feel like you know you can read you can work around it you can do as many as you want then like you know yeah pull-ups i know pull-ups on definitely Pull-ups definitely highly recommend <laughs> <laughs> for people who want to do upper body pull-ups. And uh, I feel like, um, yeah, so, yeah, like like press-ups as well. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. no, there's no, like, I feel like, well, Eamon, you know, the he's the one that does my program. So he's, like, very... But the, when it comes to upper body in a way, he's kind of, he gives me the exercise. But because, like, I've been doing gym for so many years now, he's kind of like, oh, girl, like, if there's anything that you want to do or you want to try, like, you know, you can feel free to, yeah. to, to you know, to add it in. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, yeah, like, pull-ups, press-ups, you know, all the classics are, are perfect. Definitely, deadly. And, yeah, no, I think that that's refreshing to hear, obviously, from an athlete of your, of your caliber, kind of, to not, for you to mention, to, to not be afraid of the gym, because especially as people think of distance runners, they think kind of, like, really skinny and weak, but, like, it is a, it, it's a really important part of the training, whether that is to, you know, get stronger or merely just to, to prevent injuries. It's definitely something that people should uh, should begin to, to include into their training. Yeah, absolutely. And you also you, you were telling me off air that you're you're this year anyway this tr- this track season you're looking to uh to make the switch from kind of the fifteen and the eight over to the three and a bit of the five k as well. So um kind of you know as as we we've gone through you've had some success some real good success in the in the middle distance um in the middle distances. So what is it now that that's making you want to switch over to the longer distances? Is it just a bit more uh, something new a bit a new challenge or is it is is it, is it something that you feel like you can you can progress further than you did in the in the middle distances? Well, I feel like well, the, I keep my fifteen definitely for the outdoor season. Definitely, that is something that I like. Fifteen will always gonna be in my distance just because it is you know in the para from the para perspective in general. I love fifteen hundred meters, but I guess like maybe for indoor three k, I like you see, I haven't done many three k's. Uh, so I feel like on the track, and I did it one last year, and I kind of I enjoyed it, which enjoyed it's not like you shouldn't say that. It's good, <laughs> but I clearly wasn't pushing hard enough. Yeah. That, the, that rhythm of like 200, 200, I was like, I actually kind of enjoyed that part. And like, I guess because I haven't done it so many, I feel like there's somewhere that that is the distances where I where I can improve. And yep. then 
again, like I do the training for it. So like you kind of just need to do it and see what how, how much you can, you know, squeeze out of it because like we that's our training, like base basically on it. So uh, you know, the reps that we do and all this kind of it's mobs with Dublin Track Club. So um so yeah, there's something that I just would like to see what what, what you know how can I improve and, and and what times I could run. So I'm just like curious. Definitely. And, and and like you mentioned, like with, with the track club and the mileage that you do and the sessions and the mileage that you do, they're, they're all fairly high, high. You do high mileage weeks and uh, kind of the, the, the reps you do in, in, in training um, in terms of sessions, they'd be quite high, high, high in terms of distance as well. So there probably wouldn't be too much in your training that you'd need to, to change um, to, to allow you to, to run fast in a 3K. It'd be kind of more of a case of, you know, getting the experience racing it. Oh yeah, I need to change absolutely nothing. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I can just go and like because we're we like we the training is that like we can we 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 you know to be strong enough like over these distances you know so yeah like I you know that that I suppose that's the beauty of our training that we can do that you know we can we can you know it's a lot of what like it's volume and we we do you know we do do the miles but then. Where we can, we're able to like, you know, run 1500 meters and then, you know, see what the 3K can bring and then maybe 5K, you know, which I need to definitely do more. <laughs> we haven't done properly. So that's another, you know, another thing to explore and see, you know, see where I'm at. Definitely, definitely, and uh, now we'll be keeping an eye out for you um, in in them distances uh, in 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 your coming races, and then kind of on on that note, what are, what's the plan? What's the plan coming into the new year? Let's say um, we you know coming into you know just say coming into the summer again next year, and then kind of down down the line, what's what's the plan? So basically, for now, the plan is just enjoy the training, and then after New Year's, we're gonna be a bit of an indoor season. Um, so that's where, like, maybe I'll, maybe that's where I'm gonna explore some three Ks, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then we'll train a bit more. Like, I'll, I'll head to training camp as well in Portugal, and then, um, and then yeah, just train for train. You know, the indoor season is just you know a bit of kind of like getting a bit more racing in, and then outdoors are always the key. And then we have World Championships in Paris, um this upcoming outdoor season so that is something to look forward to and Definitely. you know something exciting and we'll see how we'll get on there 100 so we'll all be making sure to uh, be cheering you on and be keeping an eye out for you in uh, uh through the through the indoor season but like you said as well specifically for for the for the world championships in paris but Greta, i do really appreciate you you uh coming on to the podcast and having a chat it was a really really um informed the chat i suppose like i mentioned we haven't had a, a paralympian on and um, so that was a great aspect of, of your running to to kind of look, uh, look into but as well as as an athlete overall and um, it was it was kind of great to, to get your story and, and kind of, you know, walk through all, all the great success you've had. So I do really appreciate that. I thank you so much. I love the applause. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. <laughs> no, no problem at all. And hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on then um, after after next summer. I'll, I'll, I'll go well after the World Championships. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Deadly. And for everyone watching and listening at home, I really, really appreciate you. And I'll see you all next time. Bye.